0: Hello, friends. Welcome again today to another episode of the Pinkleton Pull-Aside podcast. We like to talk all things life, leadership, and lessons therein. And we like to do that through the space of sports and comedy and music and books and testimonies and pastors. The list goes on and on. And this is an episode we've been working on for a little while. And uh, I, I tape these episodes, I think most of you know, at... Rise FM up in Bell Fountain, Ohio. We cannot give them enough love for Mark and Angie and Scott and team. And this radio station has a very significant relationship over many years with Tasha Layton. She's done some shows, some even extra special shows where she showed up at a birthday party in Urbana a number of, a couple of years ago, I think it was. And uh, I know there's another concert coming up this summer. I think you're going to be up maybe in mansfield or ashland one of our northern satellites if i'm correct but uh anyway you're here with us today i'm excited welcome tasha layton
1: thanks for having me i'm so excited to be with you because i I love rise fm and you guys up there are kind of one of those sets of folks that feel like family feels like a second family when i go up there so it's awesome
0: didn't you do a show i think through the station i want to say was the one and maybe i want to say west liberty did you do one with uh, micah tyler
1: Yes, that was my very first one, and I was super pregnant. Wow. <laughs> I wore really flowy shirts, but, so no, not a lot of people knew, but I was really pregnant and sick on that trip. But it was a great show, and that's where I initially met everyone from Rise FM. Back then it was Shine, and yeah. uh, now it's Rise. And so, yeah, we, we loved our time.
0: So that, that venue, it's kind of funny because it's on that softball field during Labor Day weekend with the, the, I forgot the name of the park. And there's like my daughter who's 13 absolutely loves it. Cause there's kind of this like glorified, Garage sale, flea market thing going on all around, and she shes she's a thrift store shopper like nobody's business, and she kind of loves that. But there's just, I think some of the best concerts I've seen. Unfortunately, I missed that one, but have been right there on that field, and uh, I think it was We the Kingdom were here a couple years ago, and like the power went out, and they just kind of did their set like out in the middle of the crowd, and you know how things go. You've probably experienced that when something goes not according yeah. to plan musically. It can actually be better than what the plan would have been. Have you had shows yeah. like that or some? Well, you- I don't
1: know. Uh, I don't know if you heard uh, on that show we had like thunder and lightning and pouring rain. Okay. And we had to like stop everything and wait it out because it was so heavy. So.
0: So what? What's another story like that? Tell us like the best story you've had where oh, something gosh. on the road. I-
1: I do have a story, not from Christian music days, but I used to sing backgrounds for Katy Perry. Oh, we're getting to that later. We're getting to Katy Perry. We did a show in Malaysia. Wow! And the show in Malaysia, they didn't have a lot of like amphitheaters or arenas or whatever to go to, I guess. And uh, but there's this one hotel. That they drain all the water out of the pool because it's a giant wade pool wow. and it's the perfect setting for amphitheater. So they drain all the water out and then people set up chairs or they sit, you know, in the pool and watch the show. Well, there was like a monsoon coming through and we were all set up in the middle of the show and it starts raining and the pool starts filling up. Mm. And so all of our equipment, because Malaysia, you know, it's third world area we were in and so not a lot of good drainage and so all this water starts coming into the pool and all of a sudden all of our equipment starts shorting out oh. and before i know it i literally have some giant guy carrying me and the other background singer on his shoulders wading through the water to safety wow <laughs> it, was, it was so crazy i think we were all kind of afraid of getting electrocuted but yeah the show must go on you, you just have yeah. to do some crazy things sometimes
0: What's, what's the craziest thing maybe you've seen over the years as a fan? Did you ever have anything that as a fan, you were watching something crazy happen where like, whoa, what's going on here?
1: Uh, I can't remember what show I was at. I want to say I was at Coachella or something. And One of the artists uh, was jumping off a speaker and literally just walked right off the stage and mm. <laughs> fell off the stage. And I think they, I think they quit the show. I don't think he finished. I can't remember who it was, but. He didn't finish. He just kind of walked backstage, and they moved on to the next artist.
0: So that reminds me. I was at uh, my wife and I, and I've been numerous times uh, either with guys or on my own to uh, The Cove, the Billy Graham Training Center over in Asheville. Yeah, which,
1: it's right beautiful. Yeah. I'm actually close to there right
0: now. Okay. Well, maybe you, you'll maybe they'll invite you to do a show there sometime. And you know, I know like they've had Fernando Ortega and Point of Grace, and I think Rhett Walker was there last year. But uh, Albert Moeller, yeah, who's very known and – you know, as, as the president of Southern Seminary down in Louisville and written books or whatever, he was there speaking at an event I was at, and he took this weird step and he almost fell off the stage. And he's old enough now that you're like, Did he, is he having a heart attack? And I'm like, if I'm here, and it was actually, oh, no. the, it was actually the, that, that week when uh, Trump was elected president. And there's so much chaos anyway, just politically with what was going on in that yeah. that particular election. And I'm like, this is really gonna be nuts if whatever's gonna happen there and then if if Albert Moeller dies at the cove falling off the stage oh or my heart God. attack or something. But he, he laughed, he was gracious about it, he caught himself, he didn't wipe out, but I thought, yeah, he's spoken a lot of places. Is he really gonna fall off a stage but you never know so oh, man, i told you before we i got on uh, here, i
1: led worship at the cove and um oh, you did? i'm here visiting i'm in my rv uh, we bought an rv so we could travel with our family and we are just 45 minutes south of the cove visiting uh, my family in between tour stops so yeah we are we are rv'ing it but the cove is beautiful i've led worship there several times and it's such a wonderful place i hope they invite you back
0: yeah well, you know what? I got to tell you, I almost said when we first got connected here that I thought you were on an RV, but I thought, man, if that's your house and I say that, that's going to look really bad if I'm wrong. So, <laughs> so thanks for clearing that up. So it's this you is and our Keith, house on the road. You and Keith yeah, and the it's, kids. Uh, it's
1: crazy, but it, you know, there are nice things about it. I don't know uh, how far you want to go with this, Jeff, but on a tour bus, you can't go number two. And uh, on this RV, we can do whatever we need to do. I'm uh, just going to tell you that. But- you you also have to know which hoses go to what, <laughs> and uh, you don't want to get those mixed up. Uh, so we had a learning curve, you know, with the RV at first. But having our own space with the kids mm. is just incredible. It's a dream come true, cool. and um, it's a lot harder because we can't drive through the night really because it's too rough. But it's worth it because you know our kids are with us, and we are parenting them on the road. We're not, you know, parenting them from afar or a nanny or. Somebody else in our family is not parenting them. We are, and it's just a dream. It's amazing. So do you have
0: a driver? Or is Keith driving, or how's that working out?
1: We do. We do have a driver because we're working so hard during the day. By the time we get yeah. back to the RV, we're so tired. It would be dangerous for us. But um, Keith had an intern from Liberty University last summer, or the summer before, and uh, he used to drive landscaping equipment, and he needed a job. And so we're like, hey. Wow. You don't need a CDL to drive an RV. You want to drive yeah. us around and he's a talented songwriter and stuff too. And he's enjoyed being out on the road and we've enjoyed Super having cool. him.
0: Go back and speak. So people know who Keith is. Tell us, give us the the so, for those who don't know who Keith is.
1: Yeah. So Keith is my husband, Keith Everett Smith. He's an amazing producer, musician, and he has been touring as part of Toby Mac's band, Diverse City for eight years now. And, um, he's just i call him a freak of nature yeah. jeff because he plays everything and he doesn't just play it he's really good at oh, it oh he's and, really good uh, so drums percussion keys guitar trumpets his main instrument um you're up in ohio he went to ohio state he was in the marching band you know he's just really well educated on on trumpet and so He's just the utility player. And um, so this tour, I got the offer to be on Hits Deep and it was a no brainer for us because we could tour together for the first time. So that's been an interesting thing because you know, I've toured for years on my own and he's toured for years on his own, but we've never toured together. So this is an interesting dynamic uh, because we both have things we like to do during the day and our patterns and the way we do that. And then you throw kids into the mix. And it's pretty crazy, but we're loving it. It's awesome.
0: You know, I hope I'm not going to give you an idea that that the time has passed and you can't do it. But my wife and I just watched the little uh, YouTube docuseries with Brandon Lake called Lake Life. And it shows various aspects of his life. Can we get a video thing going for you guys? I don't know. I mean, that's like... uh, a no-brainer. You guys, I didn't even think about that. Like you've done your own thing on the road, in the middle of the day. I know Toby likes to play basketball, or golf. Keith might have done some of that. Now he's not. Like, let's get a five-part, six-part, like Brandon Lake did, twenty-minute per episode I know. series.
1: It would be pretty funny. We hang out with the gokies some, and uh you know they're pretty funny. They're they're definitely funny together, and we have a similar dynamic when we're together. We just like to give each other a hard time. And, During the day, honestly, I think Keith was mostly working on my music. So I think I can't really give him a hard time about you shouldn't be taking time for yourself because really he's taking time for me. So uh, I'm really thankful for his his off time on the road. So what
0: what would you or I mean, Keith probably knows him better, I'm going to guess. But what would be something you or Keith could tell us about Toby Mac that we don't know?
1: I don't know that you don't know this, but the most important thing I could say about Toby is that he's the real deal. He loves Jesus. He's walked with Jesus a long time. And that has proved itself in his life by the way they've walked through tragedy, by the way he treats people every day, his reputation, his integrity. I just The longer I know the man, the more I love him and the more I respect him. Mm. And Keith is so thankful for his friendship and his mentorship and just the community that, that the whole band and Toby is. Toby's an amazing leader. I'll mm. say that too. He's He sets the tone in the best way and is very pastoral in a lot wow. of ways
0: and loves well. What would Toby say about Keith and Tasha?
1: I think he would say that Keith is funny, even if he crosses the line sometimes because he tells jokes all the time. Uh, he would definitely say that about Keith and he would talk about how talented he is he, he mentions that all the time. He's kind of hard to replace in the band. Oh, sure. if, if he ever quits, it's going to be hard. to. He's going to need three people to replace what all yeah. Keith does. But And about me, I mean, he just, uh, he always talks about, you know, last night even, he, he said, you know, you just sing your rear end off. Like, he's just, <laughs> uh, he loves hearing stories about, um, you know, being on the road with Katie. And because he, you know, he knew her uh, before. And so, um yeah, I think he would just say, I, um, oh, and I guess I didn't think about this. They have been to our church, and he's seen me lead worship lots. lot. So um, he'd probably comment about worship leading, oh, too. cool,
0: cool. So, you know, it's interesting. As I, as you were talking about Keith at the very beginning and talking about, you know, what he does and his ability, I literally, and, I, and I, I won't say this lightly, I got goosebumps thinking about when I've heard him play Moving. When they do Moving, I hope that never goes away from the Toby set, and they're yeah. doing their thing, and their oh my, I, I mean... I I could get goosebumps with that song every time i even say it i don't have to see it you know
1: i feel like there's a reason the bible says the trumpet will sound i mean it's like it's anointed in Mm -hmm. the show i feel like it crosses that line of giftedness into anointing because that's that's different not everyone who's gifted is anointed and not everyone who's anointed is gifted you know like um but i feel like he is both in those moments it's just a really powerful moment in the show
0: so let me, uh, it's always interesting when you do research and you read articles or, you know, Facebook or, um, listen to another podcast. So I told you, I listened to your podcast with Matthew West. I'm not going to steal from him, but I'm going to talk him up and talk about, he made a comment to you on that podcast. and I'm curious what you would say about this now that he said he pictured you on a runway and, and you've kind of already done your thing a bit, but you're ready to take off. I'm sure those words meant wow. something to you when he said that. And that was, I think that podcast was back, uh yeah, it was December of 2021. So here we are like, you know, wow. 14, 15 months later. What do you think about what he said and where are you in relation to the runway or in the air or flying or destination if we're comparing you to an airplane?
1: Well, I think uh number one, I forgot that he said that. Now you mentioned it. I, I do remember him saying that, but I think a couple of things, what the world you know, and people's just, you know, finite minds consider success is not necessarily success. But I think in a kingdom way, I definitely feel as though I'm flying. I I definitely feel as though I'm right in the middle of what I'm called to do. I'm walking out my calling. I'm walking every day. I, I feel my calling. And so, uh, there's that. And then I think on the outside externally just normal platitudes and stuff like that I mean things have really taken off in some ways and that's really cool to see but again like that doesn't mean that God applauds it just Mm -hmm. when we applaud something as people it doesn't mean that God is applauding it or that someone if they're quote successful that they are building the kingdom of God and so I think on a spiritual level I really feel as though we're flying and we're taking ground, and that mm. that excites me. That gets, that gets me going.
0: So you're out on the road with Toby. Toby sings "Lose My Soul." I really picked that up off of you, Tasha. That you've tasted. You know, you you we'll get more into Katy Perry in a little bit, but you did go out on tour for four years. You've done you know some other stuff. You really do seem in a way that's not self righteous. That's not holier than now, That you know how little the world really has to offer you. And Toby obviously sings about it. I I assume it's still in his set. But speak to that a little bit about kind of, because I look at you and, and, you know, you really got serious about the Lord a little bit later. You went through a season and we could talk more about that where you checked out a whole lot of things and ultimately some stuff brought you back to walking with Jesus. So at your 40, if I'm correct, right? 40 years old? So if you yep. live to be like, you know, most people, I guess, average age would be in the seventies or eighties. Uh, there's still a long way to go. And how do you see yourself as far as wisdom, as far as maturity, you know, spiritual milk to solid food, where do you see Tasha Layton?
1: Well, um, what was the first question you asked? You, you asked something. I'm at good at asking beginning. like five
0: questions in one. So who knows which question <laughs> I asked, but just really looking at it from a spiritual maturity and where you've been. And Oh, you, I was going to say, uh, you lose uh, and taste there's of the a world. reason
1: Paul says, there's a reason Paul says you can gain the world and lose your soul. And, you know, I think being with Katie and watching that world up close and personal, you just get a bird's eye view of how damaging fame is, how damaging being rich can be. There are a lot of things about the world that are dark and uh, full of pressure and challenge your identity. It's challenge who God made you to be. And so I really believe that Even within Christendom, we have this idea of a Christian celebrity worship leaders and all these things where that's what we want to attain. And that is not (laughs) going to fulfill you necessarily. In fact, it could ruin you. And so I think I had a lunch or a coffee with David Smallbone, Joel and Luke's dad. Um, My husband and I went to coffee with him years ago, I think before we had our two miracle babies. And I just signed. A record deal and you know David said to me he said you know Tasha you have gone deep for many years you've spent you know seven years in the library because I went to school for a long time seven years in the library where no one saw what you were pouring pouring yourself into and years at the church working late at night when no one knew Mm -hmm. where the when the church couldn't pay you volunteering in every area of the church, working two jobs so that you could be a ministry, you know, part-time. And he said, all of those things, you've gone deep. And he said, I hear the Lord saying, it's time to go wide. And uh-huh. when he said that, I I felt it. I felt it with such a sobriety and a seriousness that I I can't even transcribe that to you right now wow. how I how I felt so serious about that moment.
0: But you owned knew it. The Lord you was, owned it. You took ownership yeah, of what he I said. Yeah. I knew
1: I knew that he was right and I knew I felt the Holy Spirit and so I I said okay and he said would you rather clean your house your house you know because I was putting so much effort into holding down the fort while Keith was on tour or would you rather write a song that affects the world? And That's when I started making changes. That's when I started reprioritizing my life and we sacrificed financially so that I could have time during the day to write. We sacrificed and sold things (laughs) just so I could quit my job so that I could start writing songs. And, um, I can see now looking back the things that I thought were detours or the things I thought, God, how are you going to use this? How is this all going to come together? I don't even like this job I'm in, or I don't even like what I'm doing right now. I use every single bit of it right now. It's crazy. Even my, my boring marketing job at a nine to five office with, with all those fluorescent lights that I just hated so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I use it at my merch table. It's like details that I never would have thought It's just amazing to see God work, but that didn't happen for me until mid thirties, you know, like I didn't get married till I was 32. I didn't start music till I was 34, maybe didn't start having babies till I was 35. It was just like, I don't know. The timetable doesn't line up with a lot of musical artists timetables and I'm not like the spring chicken out there, you know, doing it, but I feel called to do it. And as long as God keeps making a way and saying yes, I'll keep saying yes to him. And there are challenges about it, but it's worth all of the sacrifice because when I hold people at the merch table and they're crying and I'm praying over their families, there is nothing that compares to that. There is nothing like that. It makes everything worth it. And so that's where we are now. And um, I'm so excited about this year. We really want to focus on giving and whatever that means, like time, energy, money, space. Like, how can we give more? Give till it hurts. Give. You know, Jesus says it's more blessed to give than to receive. Even to gain your life, you have to lose it. It's like we live in such a kingdom of opposites. And I, I really believe that we have focused so much in the Western world on taking and building our own kingdom. And I think it's, it's time to turn around and uh, repent of that and focus on building his.
0: Mm. Have you read like any of, uh, I know Mark Batterson talks about generosity and n- not, no book is specifically that way, but some of the stuff does. And then like Randy Alcorn's The Treasure Principle, have you read that at all? Or
1: No, I would love to read those. I love both those authors.
0: Okay. If you don't mind, I'll, I'll uh, connect with you offline and I've I've been known to send a book or a pair of Hey Dudes to the right previous podcast guest. So if you don't mind, I, I'll connect with you that way.
1: <laughs> you but sent I, those to yeah. Rhett, didn't you? <laughs> uh,
0: uh, you know, we he, he got me in a pipeline of that. I did it to a former NBA player. And then Mike Donahue, I sent a book to. Who was the other? Somebody else said. oh, Hey Dudes was uh, Bob Smiley, the comedian.
1: Got it. He, got uh, it
0: yeah it started with
1: Rhett loves his hey dudes man we've toured together a lot and he loves those hey dudes
0: well so he likes hey dudes and crocs so one of the questions I asked him was if you had to go to war and only wear one thing the rest of your life would it be crocs or hey dudes he said easily hey dudes
1: yeah she's so, obsessed
0: yeah well let me ask you this Tasha so when I hear you speak one of the things that seems very clear to me and I could be wrong on this but I'm the type of person and I think you are too where I look at any Thing that's on my calendar spontaneous something happens on the fly anything is a moment where god can show up and do something crazy powerful that changes that's my right. life or the other person's life my hunch is yes. you really live in that world is, is that fair to say
1: yes i love it i love it i don't know if you know uh there's a guy in nashville named josh silverberg and he went on tour with brandon lake recently on his miracle nights tour yes and he just went around and prayed for healing I was in Uganda with Josh when Keith's back got healed and we were able to have a baby. But I really do think uh, Josh Silverberg is my spirit animal. (laughs) Mm. Uh, I love just watching God work. And it's not about the miracle, it's about the miracle worker, but I love to see what he does. And an emotional miracle is just as viable as a a physical miracle, you know? And I get to see those so so much, it's beautiful. So yeah, I, I would love to just my my dream would be to just go around and talk to people and pray for them mm. <laughs> everywhere. Let <laughs> me see if awesome. I get, let me just see if our ministry
0: let's see if our ministry can hire you. Let's see if we can raise about an extra whatever it takes and you can come do that for us. We could use that with all the men tied into what we do. <laughs> so what's interesting about what you said there, Tasha, we talked about Brandon Lake briefly related to that show he's got called Lake Life on YouTube. But my wife and I went to the uh, that show in Columbus and at that point, it was more, I'm going to support my wife because she loves the song Gratitude. So we're going to the show for that purpose. Yeah. I've totally digging Brandon Lake and his music like nobody's business now. And that guy, Josh, you said Josh, right? Yeah. When he prayed over the crowd that night, I go to you know charismatic, non-denominational, kind of middle of the road type of church that way. And I, if you would have told me ahead of time what he was going to do, I don't know how I would have felt about it, but I think at some point you're, you're maybe a little skeptical, And clearly night to night when he does shows, some of the stuff he prays about is very relevant anywhere. But I'm telling you what, there was a crowd packed out, Grove City Nazarene, which maybe you've been there. You've probably heard of that as a venue in Columbus, Ohio. You could fill it in a room like people were very open to what he was doing. There was not a spirit in any way, shape or form, I felt, of skepticism. And I think some very real things happened that night.
1: Well, i think worship opens the door for that that's why it works so well for him and brandon to be doing ministry together because when you worship and the spirit of god is so viably present you know god is everywhere but when we can recognize his presence there and his glory is there that's a different animal in scripture there's an openness to it and i think people you know it lets their guard down and and it creates an environment where people are open to it mm. and it's it's wonderful i've seen so so many miracles through through their ministry and you know some folks get healed and some folks don't we're not here to ask why mm. we're just here to keep praying yeah. and keep loving and keep believing in faith for them and you know there was a a girl last night struggling with cancer she came to the table and uh, talked with her and her family i said you know what it's not my responsibility to ask why Like I'll never know why we live in a fallen world. There's lots of reasons, generational curses, the fall. I mean, you name it, it could be lots of things, hormones in our milk. I don't know, but I will keep believing no matter what it looks like. And healing comes in lots of different ways. Sometimes it comes when someone goes home to be with Jesus. Sometimes it comes through medicine. Sometimes it comes through doctors. It's not my decision to see. Sometimes it's medication. I don't know, but I'll pray for them no matter what, and I'll wait and see what God does.
0: So, if you, you mentioned a woman last night at a show, if you were to go on a thirty-city, thirty-show tour, would you have some kind of experience with somebody individually, uniquely? Probably every at least one every night of a show.
1: When I go on tour,
0: mm-hmm.
1: oh, absolutely! I mean, we could we could sit here for hours, and I could tell you stories like it's it's insane the messages I get from people before during after the shows like it's um it's one way to keep you grounded keep you motivated keep you remembering you know why you're doing this in the first place like i think artists who aren't doing meet and greets and answering some messages and seeing those messages they really miss out they really miss out on seeing the power of God and seeing the ministry happening and i mean not to diss anybody who does i know lots of people have lots of reasons why they don't i'm not i'm not saying i'm better than them by saying that i'm just i do think people miss out when they don't see see other people because we're built for community mm-hmm. we're built to be together we're built to hear each other's stories and just like in the garden of eden to be exposed but unashamed before God and other mm-hmm. people and when you get that vulnerability from others and you experience that and the power of God is there and the spirit of God is there to bring unity, it's, I mean, there's nothing like it and it's important to God. God could have chosen to be alone, but he didn't father, son, Holy spirit. And the first four commandments are vertical, but the rest are horizontal. Like it, it really does indicate that that relationship is important to God. And so I love being out the table. I love I love hearing stories. I love seeing what God is doing. And on the hard days for me, man, that keep, that keeps me going.
0: Mm, amen. So you're on the road with Toby and Crowder and Crocker, and I'm trying to think who I'll probably leave somebody out there, but um, you. Darian and John Reddick. Yes, yes. Thank you for adding those two in there. You're coming our neck of the woods, Dayton, to the Nutter Center in March. You've also got a book coming out uh, about. Go figure, what would be the title of it? Look What You've Done. Do you feel a little bit, I know sometimes it's easy for things to feel like, okay, they've got this book, they've got this song, now their whole life and ministry is based on this one theme or whatever, but kind of taking it back to Matthew West, he clearly had some legs with this idea of the God who stays. I just finished his book a few Mm -hmm. weeks ago. Unpack that a little bit for you where you've landed on this thing about, look what you've done. In song, number one hit, and in a book coming out, and it's your story, and it's what God's done in your life, and yeah. You and know, in, in one sense, well, why even leave it?
1: Yeah, I mean, you write about what you've experienced, and look what you've done is my life's testimony wrapped up in a song. So it's like you can't you can't dismiss uh, one part of a person's art from their life, or you you can't separate someone as a whole, you know. And so it's like when when we're writing songs when we're writing books when we're doing this thing we are living breathing testimonies of what god has done in our lives and so um i find it really awesome when someone knows their purpose and when someone knows the target that they want to hit because i know my target i know what god has done in my heart and i know what i am called to champion what i am called to herald from the mountaintops and when you find that out it infiltrates everything you do it's on a t-shirt it's on a book it's on everything and it and that's wonderful like when you're in i was in seminary years ago and one of my professors said he took a class where you teach i can't remember the name of it when you're learning how people learn and when people see something on a page the space around the thing that they're reading is just as important Mm -hmm. Like if there's less on a page, you'll remember it more. Even in a sermon, you have a, a, a 40 minute sermon, but the pastor has to make sure that he or she is, is really nailing one topic or, or one takeaway or one to three takeaways. And it's like with someone's life, when you know you're one to three, when you know the thing that that you're supposed to be hitting that target you're supposed to be hitting it really is liberating Mm. because you have blinders like like those horses that pull buggies and you have those blinders around their eyes it's like you can remain singularly focused and you know what to say yes to you know what to say no to you know how to create boundaries you know how to strive for a goal and i think when i think about look what you've done the lies we believe and the truth that sets us free it's like that is my whole that's what god's done in my heart and that's what i i want to help people experience
0: you know love my 13 year old daughter has a bit of a worshipful heart spirit she's kind of in a little bit of a stage of fears probably motivating her a little too much and i've had uh, an older woman came to me at panera the other day and said "Uh, hey why is your daughter not leading worship and someone else said something similar to me recently and you know i definitely kind of agree on it and i was letting her know uh, I was interviewing you today uh, when we were at Kroger yesterday and uh, she it didn't quite register. And I, I played a couple of your songs. I think it was, look what you've done. It was cool on the way home. We're listening to it and listening to her sing it. And I'm just like, man, I wish Tasha, I'm sure you you understand that, but it'd be cool for you to see that all around the country at any point in time, when someone's singing your song, they're humming it, they're thinking it through the lyrics or, you know, speaking to their heart. Let me ask you this because you, you have a lot of wisdom and maturity beyond your years, I would imagine at 40 years old in your place in life, you probably have a lot of different places where you might do life, you and Keith, and maybe you're with older people, maybe you're with younger people, kids are older or whatever. You have a definite mature kind of old soul feel to you. Where do you see yourself as a discipler in a 360 degree discipleship process, let's say 15, 20 years from now?
1: Well, first off, I love younger worship leaders and younger people who are striving to live out the calling of god on their lives like that that really excites me i love offering any wisdom from anything i've walked through and i love i love older people who man they don't get rattled they have they've lived some life you're you you do not see a 90 year old uh looking at something and being shocked (laughs) you know they Mm. they've been around the block this ain't their first rodeo and i think i have lots of people in my life who i'm i'm pulling along and then i have a handful of people in my life who are encouraging me and holding me up and it's beautiful and i think long term i'll just tell you i i have a dream of having a space where people can come and heal Mm. and I I won't get into that whole vision, but, um, that's my heart for the future. And I think everything I do, music, books, speaking, everything is to that end and working to that end. And so I'm excited. I don't know when that day will come, uh, when I can see that happening. I, I don't see any of the other things I do going away necessarily. I just see those things bringing attention to the other and them, Infusing the the others Mm. uh, with life and with, uh, but I I will say this about your daughter. I think there are a lot of young women, especially who are afraid. They're afraid to mess up. They compare themselves Mm. Um, and comparison crushes creativity. And when you don't know, you know, who you are in Christ and you are unsure about that, gosh, it really does poison everything you try to step out into and until that's sorted it's super hard i used to throw up before i sang every mm-hmm. time because i was so nervous when i was a teenager and i realized i sat in a sanctuary one day and i said god i'm so tired of doing this i'm so tired of this why why does this keep happening and i just heard the lord say it's not about you mm-hmm. and when he said that everything made sense i wow. was like oh I'm worried about messing up in front of people. I'm worried about failing. I'm worried about this or that. When I'm not thinking about the fact that it is about the people in the room Mm. and giving myself as a gift, and God has put something in each of us that the whole world needs to hear. So what is the thing he's given me that the world needs to hear? And then the other thing I'll say um, to anybody who is struggling with fear, Christy Knuckles Mm. said something to me years Mm. ago, and I have carried it with me every single time i have felt this i asked her one day do you ever get nervous or, or do you ever feel anxiety before you do a big event or do something and she said when i do i just go pray over the chairs and i literally have wow. done that every single time because it gets you out of your space your headspace of worrying about yourself the fear of man instead of the fear of the lord Uh, worrying about failing, it gets you out of that space and into servanthood. It gets you into, Jesus, what do you want me to pour out? What do they need? And when you start thinking about others, all of a sudden, all of the insecurity in yourself just kind of fades away.
0: Now you know it's going to be hard for me not to want time when we're done here, you talking to my daughter because you said some stuff there and even to my youngest son who's had, has dealt with a little bit in basketball, you just said some crazy powerful stuff. Well, time is uh, getting and I want to respect your time. I've got two more questions I want to ask you we We did not go through the script at all, which I always say holy Spirit great. Holy Spirit's leading here, but uh in thirty to 45 seconds, I'm gonna say a name and I want you to talk to me about this name, Jack Hayford.
1: Oh my goodness. Bridge builder. He is he was was. Uh he's since passed, but everything I learned about ministry that I use today I learned from that man. He's just an amazing leader and servant. Everything was about servanthood.
0: And you were him. you were at church tied to him or was it school?
1: Yeah, I worked I worked for him at the King's Seminary for three years and I went to church on the way where he pastored for a little while before I took a position at another church in the Valley, but he was just an amazing, amazing leader and visionary.
0: Well, it was so powerful for me when I saw your post about his passing and I didn't know that you two had connection, but I thought, well, you know what I know, I feel like I can see where there was a connection with, with you and him. And I can't imagine what that deep dive was like for you to have him impact your life. Cause yeah. he impacted mine significantly from a big distance just when he spoke I promise Keeper stuff back in the, yeah. the day. So, here's my last question. We'll end on kind of a fun note. So, you and Keith yes. are out on a Saturday, you're heading to Costco, or I did hear you reference Target at one point previously, um, yes. or you and some female friends are out on a Friday night, you're driving through on 65, heading to Franklin or further south, wherever you may be going, Nashville way, um, or on this tour. And one of these two songs come on. It would either be Firework or it would be Roar. What is that like? Are you cutting loose? Are you guys going into... Because both those songs have such a big everybody into place. Let's get crazy and sing and be goofy to that song. What is that like for you now yeah. in 2023 with one of those two songs?
1: Well, I'm thinking about Roar because my kids love that song because they love trying to sing,
0: uh, 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 they love trying no, right, to sing me, that. You and can't do it like that. It's so cute Tasha, to watch Tasha. a two-year-old and a five-year-old trying. Time out. Time out. We got to get back. You can't give us that. I mean, I don't know what you're doing for Matthew West or anybody else. I need like 20 seconds of you doing that. <laughs> I'm don't singing I, Roar? Yeah. You got to give me the yeah, no, that same echo part, if nothing else. I more. just did. <laughs> that was like three seconds. I want more than that.
1: You got it. Well, you'd ra- you'd rather hear my kids try to oh, do it. That's it's probably really true. Cute, but yeah, they love. They asked me for that song, and they asked me for Elton John's "I'm Still Standing." Oh
0: yeah. <laughs> One of the greatest MTV videos ever was "I'm Still Standing."
1: I know. That's their two songs they asked for. They love. They love Roar. They love Elton John. "I'm Still Standing," and they love "Who Let the Dogs Out." Yeah.
0: Well, with their mom having been on tour for four years, they got to be doing some firework or some roar or something like that. So, Tasha Layton, yeah. I, I just want to say this to you on air. So, someone said asked me recently, what are a couple experiences in my life where I've really grown in Christ? And my first two answers were time of the Lord alone. And then I said, I've been on a bunch of great retreats, many retreats over the years. Yeah. It's a big part of what I do in my men's ministry. Those would be the two. And I said, you know what? I'll throw in a third one. I said, in the last couple of years since I've been doing podcasts, I've probably taped about 50 hours. And I said, if this does mm-hmm. nothing for any nobody else, I'm getting about 50 plus hours invested in me, compiled up. It's, it's some level of discipleship, not exclusive, but that's invested in me. And you have invested in me that's awesome. way more than you know. And I can't say how thankful oh, I'm i am so enough for that. so where can people find out more about you if they want to know what's going on
1: yeah instagram's at tasha layton twitter i think is the same facebook and then um, my website is tashalayton.com
0: keep up on amazon look what you've done march 20th wright state university my alma mater the nutter center keith the kids toby everybody it should be a good night so please yeah. folks go check that out march 20th at the Nutter center Have a great day, Tasha. It's going to be awesome. Thanks. Thank you for joining us on the Pinkleton Pull Aside podcast. You can reach Jeff at GatheringMiamiValley.org or find us on Facebook at The Gathering of the Miami Valley. Join us again next week for another honest and rich conversation. The Rise FM Podcast Network.